and welcome back to the She Shoots podcast, Women Empowering Women in the Shooting Community, Episode 3, International Women's Day, Get Your Head in the Game. My name is Regina Ruiz-Ordoñez, I'm from the Canadian University Shooting Federation, and our other hosts for today's episode are Deneen Tomlin and Casey Gavinchuk from Lady Guns, and <laughs> Kelly Melanson from Maple Seed Project, Samfire Radio, and CCFR Women's Program. As always, I'd like to thank our amazing sponsors, Cabela's Canada Outdoor Fun, Savage Arms, Beretta, Vortex, and Hunt Fuel Company. If you have any questions or comments, make sure to leave them in the chat box below. Um, doing so will automatically enter you into our giveaway for today's episode. Today, in honor of International Women's Day, we will be giving out three different prizes, a Beretta's gift pack, a QCIF swag pack, and a Cabela's gift card. Now, I'd love to hand it over to Deneen and Kelly to introduce our guest for today. Thank you very much, Rahina, and in, uh, happy International Women's Day to my fellow co-hosts on the show this evening and to all the ladies that are watching tonight. We're really excited to have these guests on this evening, and I am hoping to learn a whole bunch of amazing things. And so I have the honor of, uh, of leading off with the introductions of Linda Miller and Keith Cunningham of Milken Training Center. And then Kelly, you're gonna take us into the great Q&A session. So let's get started. Uh, first off, welcome Linda and Keith. All right. Thank you. You're very welcome. Let's let's learn a little bit about you guys. And I've got some stuff to read, so pardon me while I go down this. So first and foremost, Captain Retired Keith Cunningham. He's the Chief Operations Officer and Chief Instructor and Head Gunsmith at Milken Training Center. Keith is a career military officer with a combined time of over 25 years experience with Canadian Forces and the U.S. Army. Keith has taught marksmanship courses with the Canadian Forces and at several police forces in Ontario. He was a certified instructor examiner for the firearm safety education and was a hunter safety instructor examiner. Keith is an internationally certified shooting coach and has successfully coached teams to national and international excellence. Keith is a qualified gunsmith with over 30 years experience specializing in long range practical rifles. He has built and regulated rifles used by international competitors around the world. He's an internationally renowned rifle and pistol competitor, having won honors at Bisley, the World Long Range Championships, and the Commonwealth Games. He has been the National Service Rifle, rifle Champion many times, the National Pistol Champion, and the National Sniper Precision Champion, and the National Three-Gun Champion. Holy cow, that's amazing. He is a member of the Canadian Forces Sports Hall of Fame and the Dominion of Canada Hall of Fame in the target rifle and service rifle categories, as well as the builder category. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. All right. And uh, to, excuse me, to uh, introduce our second speaker coming along with, uh, with Keith tonight is uh, Linda Miller, Chief Executive Officer and Coaching Specialist with Milken Training Center. So Linda has over 25 years of business experience, including consulting, business planning, management, marketing, and information systems. She has considerable experience in international small bore, small bore target shooting as a member of Canada's shooting team, has won medals in the Commonwealth Games, Cuba World Cup, and Mexico World Cup. Linda was the first woman of only two women to win the Ontario 
Lieutenant Governor's Medal for Shooting. In 2002, Linda competed in F-Class and was the top female provincially, nationally, and at the World Championships. Linda is the 2008 National Sniper Marksmanship Champion and has won the Sniper Pairs Championship with Keith many times. As much as she loves shooting, Linda's pride is her ability to help others to marksmanship excellence. She is an accomplished and internationally certified coach. She has volunteered as a director, manager, administra administrator, and consultant in local, provincial, and national sport, excuse me, shooting sports organizations. I'm a little bit tongue-tied tonight. All right, so Keith and Linda hold many provincial and national titles and records and have been members of several Canadian teams in international championships throughout the world. In 2007, 8, and 9, they coached the Canadian Forces Combat Shooting Team to many honours at Bisley, England. They have coached 13 members of the military to a Queen's Medal, the top award for marksmanship within the Canadian Forces. They are popular guest lecturers and speakers, providing seminars and courses to police, military, and civilian marksmen here in Canada and internationally. Their articles on marksmanship have been published in shooting magazines such as Precision Shooting, Tactical Shooter, The Accurate Rifle, Ontario Out of Doors, the American Sniper Association newsletter, the Canadian Marksman, the Canadian Forces Infantry Journal, and AIM magazine. They are also authors of several popular books, including The Wind Book for Rifle Shooters and The Power of Mental Marksmanship, which was released in January 2010 and the topic of our podcast this evening. So I apologize for <laughs> tripping over my tongue so many times. Welcome to the show, Keith and Linda. We are very excited to have you. Yeah. And I am now going to pass it over to Kelly so I can get myself back in order. Thanks, Kel. Well, thank you for uh, doing such a great introduction. Uh, I am super excited, but I think everybody is super excited to have uh, both Ken uh, you, Keith and Linda, on the show tonight. And the reason is because, uh, well, tonight's all about, uh, it's International Women's Day, but also we're going to be talking about marksmanship and getting your mind into the mental game as well. And I feel like we're doing a slow and gradual per progression to uh, getting more women into shooting. And uh, this is actually is a huge piece. Uh, I think the mental piece is a huge piece with uh, getting um, more and more women into shooting. So I was so happy when you you both said that you were you would be open to coming on tonight. And so welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes, thanks very much. So oh, I was pretty impressed with those people you were introducing a little while ago. There, <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. That's so a lot of information, wasn't it? Kelly was testing me to make sure she, that I knew how to read. That's right. Yeah, it's just <laughs> I thought you did exceptionally well. So well, you know. thank you. If you, if you need a reference letter to Kelly, uh, <laughs> and of course, we always enjoy did the you notice, like, to talk about the, the mental side of the game because yeah. it, it did so much for both of us. Yeah, absolutely yeah. did. The, well, the first time I went shooting, what actually attracted me to the sport was the um, the the uh, total absorption that you have when you're when you're shooting a sequence. You just you get nothing else matters in the whole world except what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And that's a wonderful state of mind. So that's what, that's what really attracted me to the sport. And the thing that kind of suckered me in and kept me in it was that it's the one thing that I had encountered in life where 
what you are thinking right now is directly displayed within microseconds on the piece of paper you're shooting at. And, and there's no intermediary, there's nobody judging it, it's not a beauty contest, it's a fact-based, here we are, this is what we just did. And I, I love that. So between those two things, uh, it was hard to keep me out of, the, out of the shooting range. You were hooked. Yeah, absolutely hooked. Yeah. So, like, we got your CV. Uh, Deneen did a great job of of giving us that. But what 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 got you into shooting? What what precipitated that? How did Linda? Why did you go shooting? And Keith, why did you go shooting? Uh, I went shooting because um, somebody said to me, uh, "I do this every week." It was uh, and and you really um, you'd really like it. So I think you should come and try it. And I had been. I mean, my dad taught me to shoot. He taught me how to fill it in an income tax form. And, you know, he did all the, what he thought was the right things to teach his daughter. Mm. But, uh, but I didn't know that shooting was a sport um, until I was in my 30s. And, uh, and my friend said, you're going to like this. It's going to draw you away from everything else and you're going to like it. And he was absolutely right. It was just perfect. Just a wonderful way to spend some time that, if you focus correctly, gives mm -hmm. you a uh, new energy for life. Yeah, it does. So what about you, Keith? Is it because you were in the military that you got introduced to shooting or did you shoot before that? Actually, I, I grew up on a farm on the Bruce Peninsula and um, I started off shooting BB guns and pellet guns and 22s. And I was always carrying a 22 around uh, with me shooting uh, uh, groundhogs and, and any other pests that would be around the, uh, around the farm. And then one night, and I, and I forget exactly what year it was, but I was watching television, and in the news, they were um, talking ab about sharing this uh, um, champion shooter off the range, uh, and at, he was dressed in the typical uh, dress of the shooter of that time with a felt hat and, a, and his shooting coat, and he had a, a rifle uh, in his arms, and they had him up on a sedan-type chair, and they were actually carrying him off the range, and Everybody was cheering and happy for him. And I thought, oh, I want to do that. I want to be a, a, a shot that's good enough to, to do that sort of thing. Uh, and so that was kind of my first uh, go at it. And of course, I received no uh, instructions. Um, even, after I, even after I got in the Army, the instructions were not, you know, they're trying to train hundreds and hundreds of, of soldiers. Yep. And so the instructions weren't too detailed. Um, but, I, but I turned out to be a half-decent shot in the Army. Um, got and uh, uh, when I went to Vietnam, I was uh, I got into the sniper um, uh, school over there and um, and did some sniping, and um, and then when I got into the Canadian Army, they had uh, a rifle team. Excuse me, and um, I thought, well, geez, that'd be kind of a fun thing to to do. And as it turns out, if you really wanted to become a really good shot, uh, you had to get on the rifle teams, and mm -hmm. uh, because that's where they really. Uh, focused on marksmanship and so we just carried on from there and uh, I tried to become a better better shot got involved in the national teams uh, and uh, tried to figure out how to win some of these uh, some of these matches and um, it wasn't until I got involved with this mental marksmanship that I actually started to to win matches um, and uh, I wish that it got started on that way back when I was shooting groundhogs with 22s <laughs> Now you that's were kind of where I went. Okay, so but you were eventually carried off, uh, well, on 
you achieved your goal. You were able to be carried off the field. Or yes. Off. In yeah. fact, in several fact, times. several times. Yeah. Um, I think it was four times for the um, service rifle uh, championship and four or five times for the lieutenant governors. Good for you. Where is Milcon? For those that are listening that aren't here in Ontario. Um, We're in uh, central Ontario. We're about yeah. two hours or so north of Toronto. Um, between two little hamlets, one called Kinmount and the other called Minden. It's a beautiful area. It's up in the um, Muskoka's. Uh, it's uh, actually in the Kawarthas. Um, Kawarthas, yeah. Yeah, a little bit more rugged than the Muskoka's, but yeah, an absolutely beautiful area. Lots of yeah. rocks and lakes and trees, a lot of trees. It's, it's about a, an hour um, west of Bancroft and an hour east of Aurelia. Yes. Beautiful location. Uh, so let's talk, let's get into it. Uh, let's get into mental marksmanship. Uh, so there was a quote that I heard. It says, train your mind and the rest will follow. So what exactly <laughs> does that mean? What is mental marksmanship? That's Keith saying, so I'll leave that one to him. It's a great <laughs> saying. Mental marksmanship is pretty basically thinking the right thought at the right time. Um, uh, as, it, as it turns out, about um, 90% of your performance is going to depend on the way you think. If you are, are at the time thinking about, um, you know, the, the, the crack in your windshield, the flat tire, mm -hmm. the, the, the note at the bank that's a month overdue, if you're kind of thinking these thoughts when you're trying to fire a good shot, then, then it's not going to work for you. Um, and so you have to have that, that uh, mental program uh, to uh, to keep you thinking straight. You only have to think straight for about 10, 10 seconds or even less. Uh, so it doesn't take a whole lot of, uh, of focus. You can think whatever you want to in between. But when it comes time, when the, when the butt is in the shoulder and you're starting to see a sight picture, you need to be thinking the right thoughts uh, at, the, at that given time. And that's yeah. pretty much that pretty much how it sums it up. Now, those thoughts that we're talking about, that's that's where it gets a bit more detailed and a little mm -hmm. more complex. Well, Linda, why don't you tell us how mental marksmanship or that mental piece is going to be helpful for the new shooters? Because that's mainly who we're trying to focus on right now. For, for a new shooter, I think that it's the wonderful news is that it doesn't cost more to think right than it costs to think wrong. So a lot of the times for new shooters, cost is a very big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, buying a good quality rifle, um, feeding it with uh, good quality ammo, making sure that the technical aspects that you have aren't the things that are holding you back. All of those things cost money, but you control what's in your mind. Mm -hmm. and, and if you have an allergic reaction to the idea that you are in control of how you think and therefore how you feel, then you're going to have trouble with the shooting sports. You need to agree that not only can you control your mind, it's a good thing to be able to do it. Um, and for new shooters, I think that's the biggest hurdle. It's, it's like I used to picture those stray thoughts were like puppies. They're not bad. They're not wrong. They're just not real well disciplined yet. So they're, they're cute little puppies. And what you need to do is put them all in a little basket and set the basket aside until you're finished shooting so that all of those distractions, you can let go of them. You have a place for them. Some people use a filing drawer. Or they, they write their little concerns and issues uh, in their minds on, on a little piece of paper and, and put it into the file. And then they can leave it there and come back later to those distractions. 
clearing your mind is a really significant part because you need to be able to focus on just exactly the right things. And if you have distractions, of course, that gets very hard. But as mm -hmm. I said at the beginning, it's all for free. It's, it's, it doesn't cost you anything to organize your thoughts and think well for shooting. And I think that's the greatest good news for, for new shooters. The biggest problem that, that coaches do with new shooters is they get them focused on the score. Oh, yeah. you didn't do very well tonight. Look at this score. Um, when in fact they should be focusing on performance because you've got to get it right at your end before the rifle can get it right at the other end. It doesn't, it doesn't go the other way. If you watch a coach and he's got his face in a spotting scope and all he's doing is looking at where the bullets are landing down there, then he's not coaching his shooter. He's not focusing on the end of the range that in the end has all the control over where that shot goes. And that's your shooter. You should, when you're starting to train new shooters, you should be totally, completely and focused on performance, on, on them getting it right at their end. The score will come later, but, but it won't come if you can't get it right at your end. So you got to focus on getting, getting it right at the shooter end. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I want to talk to you a little bit about that from the, so when does the mind become more important than training or does it? Because it's you can always, get Oh, go ahead. The mind is is it. It's always most important. The whole point of getting your, your gun and your ammo and everything else correct is simply so that it's not the weakest link. Because, you know, you, you really have to, you, you really don't want to be limited by what your gun can do. And that uh, that's another thing that new shooters will find. As soon yeah. as they start using their mind, then, then they're, they'll be able to identify areas of their equipment that's not working quite so well. Right. You need to have the fundamentals underneath your belt and everything. Oh, set up yeah, absolutely. And then, absolutely. Yeah. You, you need to know how the position is supposed to supposed yeah. to work and you know, know how the slings are supposed to work and, and, and the, and the best position you need to know the marksmanship principles, uh, get them working for you. But eventually, um, and, uh, and so if, if you've got a whole field full of shooters and they're all shooting very, very well, What's the one major thing that, that will then separate them? And, of course, that's exactly how you're thinking on that given day. Right. And you actually said that when we first started the, the show tonight. You said what took you to the next level was this whole mental marksmanship. You were a good shooter previously, but this is what actually separated you from the rest of the field. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So when we talk about mental marksmanship, you uh, you have this... Uh, in your book, you have this diagram, and it's a great diagram, by the way. You have, and can you explain the diagram how it's divided into the different sections? It's like a Venn diagram, basically. It's so. the uh, conscious, subconscious, and self-image. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so what what we're talking about there is that there are a bunch of things that you uh, can train mentally uh, about your conscious. That's that's. Do you have your equipment with you? Did you bring the right stuff? Did you follow your list that made sure you had your your, uh, your ammo and your, and your uh, ear defenders and all of that good stuff that you need to have at the range. Um, you know, do, are you aware of the, the facts of what you need to do to sh uh, shoot safely and properly? And are you aware of all of the things that you need to know in order to, uh, to accomplish it? Then, then there's the subconscious mm -hmm. and that's a little bit harder to drain. It's a little bit trickier. Um, but, it, but there are ways that you do it. And the main thing that you do is, uh, your self-talk, you know, that, yes, you, 
Keith's giving me support here. It's <laughs> what you imp, and I need it tonight. Honest to goodness, um, but uh, he—it's it, what you're imprinting on the brain as you as you train, and uh, the way you do it is is through uh, self-talk and uh, and perfect practice. I was getting there, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> repetition but a key perfect thing for, repetition right a key thing for young people is uh, is the self-talk because they um and that that speaks to um the uh, self-image uh, a lot of young people haven't trained that yet haven't identified it as some a trainable unit and it's and it's a difficult thing to train well uh in our very negative world um but mm -hmm. as keith mentioned earlier one of the things that helps you isolate what you're doing well and correctly and want to continue doing um, is is uh, focusing on performance. So you, yes. you don't use judgmental words. You only focus on what is being accomplished right now. Um, if a shot isn't in the group that you wanted, then identify uh, how to make it so next time. Uh, if it's something that's out of your control, identify that and let it go. Um, all of those things will bundle up into uh, helping you understand how to feel successful, even when things don't go uh, uh, in a champion way. Yep. You, you know, I, I, what was that phrase we heard the other day, Keith? Um, either you win or you learn. <laughs> I actually like that. I like that. Yeah. 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 I I'm stole it. I'm sure that. I stole it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're stealing it. <laughs> we're stealing it too. So but, we talked about Go young ahead. people is young people, and I'm assuming that most of the people you get starting out are in fact young, younger than thirty, say. Okay. Um, that that's one area that they that they um, struggle with mm -hmm. is the is the self image uh, because it's developing and growing, and you know it's it's a, as awkward as we might have felt when we first started uh, having our feet tw uh, uh, bigger than our shoe size and our legs longer than they were yesterday, and all of those kinds of growths. Uh, we were we were kind of bumbling around a bit with them as we got used to them. Well, the same thing happens with the brain and and developing this self image. You bumble around a bit until you start figuring out how to how to work with what you've got now, and that's yeah. that's part of the process that a, sh a sport like shooting can genuinely help a young person develop through. One of the problems that that we Canadians have with our self image is that if we start to think that we're a, a pretty good shot. Uh, we start thinking that's bragging and, and, and none of us want to brag. And of course, um, you just want to call the facts the facts. If in fact you're a half decent shot, then you're a half decent shot. And you need to admit it, recognize mm -hmm. it and and uh, learn the reasons why and, and start focusing on those and developing them more. These three circles that we just talked about, of course, they all have to be balanced correctly yeah. uh, and all the same size and all working before you get into that ideal uh, performance zone. Uh, and that's, of course, we eventually want to be able to call up on that and go into that zone when you need to. Uh, and it needs to yeah. come easily for you. Yeah. So you're talking about balance between the conscious, subconscious and, and the self-image and in the middle yeah. of it where it, it's a Venn diagram and where it, where it meets, that's your zone. So through uh, preparation, um, training, self-talk, as well as a positive self-image, you're going to be able to achieve that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Let's of course, the way, uh, Go ahead. you know, we teach this to a lot of people out there, and so they all know it. And the way that you can beat somebody that, that has nicely balanced circles is to make your circles bigger. 
So, so you, you try harder, you focus more, uh, you focus on your training and make sure it's correct, positive uh, training. Um, you develop your self-image into recognizing that you, you are a good shot because there's, there's the stats, there's the, your, uh, your last performance is right there on the scoreboard and, and, and you were right up there. Mm-hmm. And of course, you got to make sure that the conscious mind keeps up uh, so that you arrive on the right spot at the right time with all the equipment that you need. And we have all kinds of techniques that we use and train to, uh, to make these circles larger. Okay. I like that. Let's talk a little bit about self-image still. I want to talk about it because sometimes it influences our teachable attitude. And it's important to have a teachable attitude as well. So do you think that self-image sometimes negatively affects our performance oh. and and then even with respect to a teachable attitude as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, uh, I think you've you've probably all met the the person yep. that can't can't bear to be successful, whether it's in shooting or something else, they'll yeah. sabotage themselves um, in terms of how they're thinking about themselves or they'll do things with, you know, just like showing up at the shooting range without any ammo. Well, that's sabotage and you've done it to yourself. So stop that. You know, it's like, yeah, there's a solution to that problem. And yeah. It's an easy one. It's called a list. Yeah. <laughs> and, and some people are so afraid of, of failure that yeah. they won't try anything new. And we, we have, yeah. That's one of the hardest ones to coach, of course, because if what they're doing now is not working well, they need to do something different. And so you've got to give them uh, enough comfort that they can let go uh, and, and carry on to try something new that will work well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the self-talk um, is, um, is something that, that we sort of work on. And you'll have these, these little comments, oh, I'll never be able to do that. I'm not good enough to do that. Uh, well, we need to we need to get those uh, images turned around so that uh, that the way is now clear for them to uh, to be able to to move forward. Yeah, you got to get rid of that right off. Yeah. You're not progressing at all unless you can start turning the negative self-talk around to something that that will uh, that will grow. So the phrase that I came up with to, to help people with that is have you got a better way of saying yeah. that? Okay, yeah. so if, if somebody says something negative, that's fine. I, you know, that, that people need to sometimes. But mm. have you got a way of saying that that will now move you forward off that spot? Mm. Or are you so married to that spot that there isn't anything I can say that's going to move you from it? You know, except maybe a slap upside the head. Yeah. I'll be honest, when taking your course, I heard that a couple of times. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> it, it's true. Um one of the things that so specifically for women we we see a lot of times that um there is a little bit of um sometimes trepidation and so just even flipping that self-talk from oh i don't know if i can do this to i can do this uh it changes everything uh obviously dramatically uh as well so that self-image is is there and also it lends to a teachable attitude is yeah what i've seen it's so important. Um, not not uh, clearly, it's important for shooting success, but mm-hmm. for success in life. Yeah. Having a can-do attitude, figuring out whether or not this is something that you can do, and if you can't, figure out figure out how you might. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it's not, if it's too big a bite, then figure out how to break it up. If it's something you don't know, then figure out how to go find out about it. If you need help, figure out who to go to to get that help. Yeah, just can do all the way along. I, of course, I can do this. I mean, if you need a little bit of a boost, go watch some of the Paralympians in the last couple of weeks. 
Yeah. You know, there's some can-do attitude for you. Did you see today that there was a Canadian that won the uh, biathlon? Oh, I did not. That's oh, outstanding. outstanding. So, gold medal. Ah. Yeah, just thought I'd let you know. <laughs> that is awesome. Isn't it? It's great. So let's talk about the difference between training versus practice and what should we do? Should we focus on the performance aspect? I think you did talk a little bit about this there, Keith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, training is learning how to do it in the first place. Okay. And practice is getting good at it. Mm. I think that's kind of the, the, the differences all boil down into, into a couple of sentences. Okay. Well, a lot of people figure if they take a training course that they're now, you know, anointed uh, experts on this field. And uh, you see that on, on Facebook every day. So, suddenly mm-hmm. everybody's a, a military expert these, this week, right? Yes. Um, so uh, if, if you take a course, that means you should have just found out how much you, you need to learn. That's what taking the course is for. Mm-hmm. Taking the course is to learn what you need to learn, exactly that. But then you have to take it home and put it into practice or you'll never get good at it. All That's you'll exactly have done it. is you'll take in a course and put it. And it, that yeah. practice is very critical because it has to be the right practice. Mm-hmm. If you're practicing something wrong, you'll just get good at doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect practice. You have to do that. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about the ammo equipment versus the training? So I see a lot of people go out there and they don't know what to buy. So they go to the shop and, or they'll ask their friends that have been shooting for 25 years, what equipment do I need ammo and all that? And they get the best, uh, and they don't have the training. So which should they be doing? Should they go and get the training first and then get the equipment and ammo or should they get the equipment ammo and then take the training? And then, well, well what I, you know what I did? When I was starting, I borrowed yeah. equipment as much as I could. I started in a lower class level than where yeah. I ended up so that the equipment wasn't so expensive because lower class levels simply mean that you can't you can't use all the fancy equipment. It's not allowed by the rules. Right. So, so you start at a, at a level uh, appropriate to your budget. And this, the minute you can move on from that, you move on from it. But you can develop your mind right from the beginning what you need to learn though and and here's where somebody with uh, more experience can really help a lot is have somebody who really knows how to shoot shoot your equipment whatever it is so that you understand what its capability is then you're working within that arena so you don't expect to shoot ventress scores with a sporting rifle sporting rifles can't do that and you don't expect to shoot uh um, the kinds of scores you need for Olympic pistol when you're using a sport pistol. That's correct. You know, so you need yeah. to understand what your arena is so that you know what excellence is within that. And then mm-hmm. it's all about how your brain works within it. We try to have uh, loaner equipment here, enough loaner equipment that people can, uh, if they don't have it, they can come here and have a look at uh, what we provide them um, and make decisions uh, after that point. We've had people that went the other way where they went into the store and um, uh, and bought equipment. They would show up here for a five-day course where you're going to shoot a couple of hundred rounds a day with a 338 Lapua um, because that's what the store guy said he needed. We mm-hmm. had uh, an elderly fellow here. Like, he was frail. He, he, he walked around on the range like a frail individual. Uh, and uh, we started shooting 22, and he was having a great time with 22. And then we went... Uh, to their major caliber hunting rifle 
Well, after a couple of shots, he got up and come back to us and said, look, I'm sorry, I got to go home. I just, yeah. I'm, in, I'm hurting. I can't shoot anymore. And I said, well, what are you shooting? And he says, well, it's this rifle here. And it was a featherweight 300 Win Mag, uh, which was far more rifle than he needed to go deer hunting and far, far more rifle than any of us uh, can handle the, the recoil of. Uh, and if he did, if he just came and bore one of our rifles to begin with, we could have got them all sorted out and uh, and he wouldn't have i don't know if he ever ever got back into the game or not because he was yeah. genuinely hurting yeah i think that you made a great recommendation there so borrow rifles or borrow the equipment that you can uh that way you get to try things out but not only that um have somebody else shoot your rifle if there's problems if you're experiencing problems because sometimes it's not the shooter. Sometimes it is the equipment. I Absolutely. see that. Yep. I see that on the firing line quite a bit as well. In and fact, then, we teach yeah. there's four things. If you're not get, getting the downrange results mm -hmm. that you want, there's four things that are the problem. And this, and you just got to go and, and solve these four. Number one, uh, the rifle. Mm -hmm. uh, is there something wrong with the rifle? Number two, is it the ammunition? Not all ammo shoots well in that same rifle. Number yep. three is is that the optic is that the sights are they not staying zeroed? And we've had tons of them come through here that wouldn't stay zeroed. And of course, number four is you. Yeah. Uh, and the best way to decide whether it's you or not is to simply get somebody that is known to be a good shot and have them shoot your rifle. Yeah. If they're getting tiny little groups, well, now we know where where the problem is. And if they're getting big groups like you, well, now we know where, that we need to look someplace else. Yeah. And that's it. You can accurately assess that just going through your equipment and or if you don't know how to do it, have somebody else do it with you, somebody who is experienced and we can quickly assess it. And then it'll actually change your attitude for the day as well. <laughs> yeah, Big sure. time, yeah. 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 See that every time that I'm on the line as well. I'm going to turn this over to it's a perfect break. So I'm going to turn this over to Nanine because I know that she's going to start talking to you about instead of just shooting, we're going to uh, incorporate some other things where we can take mental marksmanship or that mental piece and add it to our everyday life. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much, Kelly. I, uh, I've been writing notes down as you guys have been talking and I've learned a bunch of stuff. And, and before we leave the firearm itself, uh, I know that uh, in our community and especially listening tonight, we have uh, people, ladies that are, uh, that are competitive pistol shooters and shotgunners. So does this mental marksmanship course that you teach and mental marksmanship in general uh, can we apply all of this no matter which firing line we're standing on and which platform we're using? Absolutely. It's the common denominator, not only between guns and, and types of fire, types of shooting, different games, different distances. It's also the common denominator for, for any kind of application for firearms. So in, in our book, we cover uh, the competitors is a quarter of the book. The hunter is another quarter. The police officer is a third. And the final quarter is the military man. All of those types of shooting are very different on the on the surface. And some require different technical skills. But mentally, all, all the, the same. same. Excellent. I love that. Thank you very much. So, uh, uh, And you touched on hunting. So that was the other thing I was going to ask. All right. So let's get into, uh, now that we've talked about that, let's get into... Um, the flip side of everything being awesome. Let's talk about if I had a bad day. So I'm out on the on the firing line. I'm I'm training or I'm at a competition and things aren't going well. What do I need to know? How do I bring this mental marksmanship into my uh, into my game, into my training when I'm just not having a good day? Okay, so there's a couple of things there. 
if you're saying you're not having a good day, you're probably not headed down the right path for your thought <laughs> process. What you need to be thinking is what is happening now factually and what do I need to do to change it? Okay, so if you're not having a good day, most people that means it, uh, my scores aren't good. Okay, so stop thinking about scores. Start thinking about what it is, the performance elements that you need to produce shots that go where you expect them to go and want them to go. So if you need to think more clearly about each individual shot, you want to think about, oh, have I been using my mental program? Um, in fact, Keith is laughing here because, because one of the very first times I ever coached him was at a, a provincial championships. And, um, and he wasn't, I, I think he actually brought me along to be his dolly, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and, um, and he knew that I was a coach in small bore, but what did I know about full bore? And the answer is not very much, but at the time, uh, but, but I knew the brain. I, I understood how, how he should be thinking. And so as we were walking back um, up the range from a, from a pretty much a disastrous shoot that he had, he had uh, all kinds of things uh, not going well. And, and so we were chatting and eventually I'm not sure what I said, but eventually he realized that he had not been using his mental program and that was the root cause of uh, everything that had not gone well. And uh, so the next match he started using his mental program and golly gee, uh, it, it, talk about it, Keith. You're well, giving was, me the hand gestures here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I went right to the top with it. And of course, this is what we're suggesting to you. If, if you're having problems out there, then you need to, to think your mental program and make sure you're getting onto that because that, uh, that mental program has saved me several times. It has resulted in, in me taking what, what, what is a not so fun match and turned it into one where I won. And that's what happened on that particular one. Then the very next match was, was, a, was a perfect score. And I ended up winning a Lieutenant Governor's based on on what linda said right at the start and that was get under your mental program you're not thinking the right thoughts you need to be thinking the right thoughts at the right time and the mental program does that for you and what a difference that made i've been i've been uh, distracted uh, incredibly uh, in matches and uh, you only have to run that mental prog program it takes about 10 seconds and that turns the match around the other, the other uh, intervention that sometimes, especially new, new competitors need, is um, that they're, they're just whacked out with nervousness. And that has everything to do with, of course, thinking the wrong thoughts, because you're thinking about outcomes. That's what makes you nervous. If you thought about your performance, you, the nerves would fly away. But, but you need an intervention. And what do you do? So for that, we, we advocate very strongly that you learn a simple, simple breathing technique. Um, uh, Dave Grossman calls it combat breathing. Uh, I learned it as four square breathing and it's the counted breathing that, uh, that you breathe in for a count of four, hold for a count of four, breathe out for a count of four and hold for a count of four. And you do that until you calm down. You don't just do it once and you don't do it, you know, it must be five times. No, you do it until you calm down. And, um, that's a terrific intervention for two reasons. One is that it actually works and it's very easy to learn and apply and you can do it in almost any situation. Uh, but the other is that um, it, it gives you the feeling of self-control back and it's such a simple mechanism. And the minute you have the self-control feeling back, then, then you can conquer the world. 
One of the problems that we have, and one of the reasons why we're not shooting so well today is we're anxious. We get anxious about something. And as soon as we start getting anxious, we start breathing very shallow, little, little, wee, uh, little wee tiny breaths. And of course, that's not getting the oxygen uh, into the system, into the brain, into the muscles. It's just not working for you. And so the opposite is what you need to do. And that's, that's where this four square breathing comes in. And those big deep breaths that, uh, that you take, you're actually sucking that air in, getting it right down to the bottom of your lungs and you're holding it there, giving the oxygen a chance. Uh, and uh, it's, it changes over, it, it, cha it changes the mind around, get everything breathing properly. I, um, uh, I love I was, that. Oh, go ahead, sorry. I was destined, um, my, my very first time I won the, the service rifle, the National Service Rifle Championship, um, I was leading uh, going into stage two by 25 points, but you can lose 25 points very quick. We had four of the hardest matches ahead of us. And when I looked downrange, the, the sight reticle was bouncing all over the place. And I remember thinking to myself, so this is how it ends. Um, here I am uh, right, on the, right on the verge of, of winning here and I'm about to, to, to lose it all. And uh, I remember Linda, of course, couldn't be on the line coaching me, but I remember her words. You got a better way to say that? And, and, oh, yeah, what about this combat breathing? And so I started doing that breathing um, during our prep time. And the next time I looked down there, there was a sight picture I could work with. Uh, and I ended up winning my first uh, service rifle championship by 26 points. Uh, and all because of that combat breathing and then focusing on performance. Just get it right at your end. Let the gun take care of it the other. So one of the things you had talked about, what, what, can, what should a, a newbie do? Uh, if they're, they're having a bad day and, um, and well, what should they do? Well, one of the things you can do is just step back a bit. And what that means is if you, if you think you're not firing the good shots, then stop firing live shots and go back to dry firing until you see that, that, uh, that it's working again. Or you take a break uh, and then focus on, on some of on what the good shots, when you were shooting good shots, what did they look and feel like uh, and start to, to approach it uh, from that level, uh, again, just slowly making sure everything is right before you move on to the next level and then the next level and then the next level and then take it on to a higher level once you get there. Yeah, we We've certainly people... don't need to waste waste lead while we're trying to figure out where the problems are, oh, that's for sure. That's right. Well, I, the first time I made the national team for uh, for 22 rifle, um, the in the standing position, of course, if you have any nerves at all, that's where it shows up because you're hold is fairly big anyway um, and I was having nerves like crazy because I knew that I was doing well and I knew who I had to beat and I knew too much um, so I was drawing myself back in but the, the only thing that I could do to make make it work for me on that occasion was to dry fire every other shot so here I am in a national team trials it's a, actually a national championship and and I'm dry firing every other shot in the standing position it's grueling. That's a lot of work. I'm supposed to shoot 40 and I have to shoot 80, but it was worth it. Every trigger squeeze that I dry fired gave me a reminder of what the live shot was supposed to look and feel like. And that's what I needed. Thank you so much. Uh, you, uh, you've given us a lot uh, to think about as far as what we can do when things aren't going well. And I appreciate the breathing. So I want to transition to other areas that this um, this is transferable. So for example, you just talked about Linda, how grueling uh, that position is. So fitness, uh, fit, how important is 
fitness and mental marksmanship and and things like yoga and journaling and meditation, which so many of us do nowadays, how does that play into the game? Um, we like all of the techniques that have to do with being able to relax and or focus the mind. So um, that they're all they're all good things to do, but you do need to have a certain amount of control of the body in order to be able to have the luxury of controlling your mind. You need to have a level of fitness, of general strength, so that when you're in a position, you are using about 10% muscle activation is the ideal. So if you find that it's too hard to hold your gun up, then you need to eat your Wheaties and do some weightlifting. Um, you need good uh, aerobic conditioning because the, the, the brain is really demanding when it comes to oxygen. So you need to be able to uh, feed the brain while you're actually shooting. And for that, you need good, good aerobics. And you need, in some uh, disciplines, you need flexibility in order to do the discipline. Some of them actually, flexibility is not a good thing. It, it makes it harder to do them, but it is so important for inju injury pre prevention. Uh, if you haven't done your stretches, uh, and yoga is an outstanding way to do your stretches, much more entertaining than just, you know, um, any kind of freeform stretching. Uh, and, and it will help you, uh, it will keep you from hurting uh, tendons and uh, ligaments if your muscles can stretch properly. It's also a great relaxation technique. And I found out inadvertently that it's a good way to psych the competition. I was in the uh, waiting area of a World Cup uh, one day and I thought I really need to do some yoga here because I'm, I'm just getting tied up in knots waiting. And uh, so I cleared a little area and got, got uh, shooting mat out and started doing a yoga routine. And I, as I'm doing it, uh, one of the other girls who was, you know, light years ahead of me in, in terms of uh, competition experience commented to her friend that it was absolutely outrageous that I was so relaxed I was able to do yoga right before <laughs> a World Cup match. <laughs> you've you've just dropped uh, like the key secret for tonight's podcast is we're all going to be taking up yoga and bringing the yoga mat to the range now just to psych out the competition. So <laughs> I love that idea, Linda. I think that's great. And well, and actually, oh, go ahead, Keith. Yeah, there's a little more to it, uh, and it depends a lot on the on the type of shooting that you're doing. When we were doing the the military uh, service rifle matches. Uh, they required a, a number of different positions, well, all four positions, in fact. Um, and so every morning we would get up and, uh, and go for a run. It was not um, a long, hard run. It was just a, a good, steady run just to, to keep the, the, um, the, um, the oxygen uh, uh, flowing. Uh, we would do uh, a few chin-ups, sit-ups, and, um, uh, and push-ups just to keep the, the upper body and the, and the, uh, the center core uh, tuned. Uh, and then we would do, uh, or at some time in there, we would do stretches that would help the, the particular positions uh, that, uh, that we had to shoot. In fact, I still do those. Um, every, uh, every morning, uh, the kneeling position has always been a problem with me. And um, uh, so every morning, I'm, I'm doing a bunch of leg stretches to, uh, to make that kneeling position uh, feel better and you can lose it very, very quickly if you don't sort of keep at it. So uh, a well-rounded, um, a well-rounded uh, type of, of fitness. It doesn't have to be hard. In fact, you don't want it hard. Uh, there's times when uh, I was heavy into lifting weights and I couldn't shoot worth a darn 
the next day because I had this this muscle jitter. Um, now, if I if I lifted weights every other day, then the day off I, I shot very well. But the day right after lifting uh, fairly heavy weights, then I'd have that jitter in there and wouldn't shoot very well. So you need to you need to really program it to uh, to what you're doing. Right. Excellent. It sounds like we all have to take that away and figure out what works for the game that we want to play or the type of shooting that uh, that we're getting involved in and really consider how uh, both the mental and physical game comes uh, comes into the to, to the competitions or to the level of sport that we are participating in. So um, so I just want to pivot a little bit because it is International Women's Day. I've got a couple of questions to pose to you guys about um, about ladies in the shooting sports. So uh, because you run this training center and you run programs and you've had the opportunity to interact with both uh, both women and men and, and youth, what do you think we can do as an industry to attract more women and youth into our shooting industry and to our gun ranges and to take these courses because women are so apprehensive and don't feel like it's safe or don't want to do it on their own. What would you suggest or recommend uh, for us? Yeah, um, exactly what Keith just just whispered to me, uh, women's days. Um, also, um, we've had it suggested to us that for youth, it's actually a good idea to have uh, parent-child days, um, and and it and it probably is. It's just a little bit difficult to orchestrate because you don't want the parent. The parent needs to be there as the as the um, person of majority to to be able to have the child there at all. But you you don't want the parent anywhere near the child while you're teaching the child. Mm-hmm. Uh, women, of course, it's a whole lot easier because uh, they they come in all ages, and this is great. I ran. Women's Days for ten years, and and my great pride of achievement uh, of doing that was that I actually ended up with a, a two dozen very well qualified uh, female coaches because and, we coached. We had a coach on every firing point, and I think and, that's so important for women to see women on the firing line and women instructors because yeah. then they feel really confident they can achieve it as well. The, yeah, the critical point of that whole Women's Day is that Linda had women teaching women how to shoot. Mm-hmm. Us guys would set up the range and then I'd grab onto them and we'd go to another range and we'd, we'd tell war stories or, or do some shooting on our own. And we'd have a time limit when we'd come back and, and set up the range for the next go around and then we'd go away. And I think that is so, so critical. Uh, I've had g- g- guy instructors here that uh, that were teaching women. And every time she had a, a stoppage, he was all right over there and he'd take the gun right out of her hand and clear it for her and hand it back to her. And I had to grab onto him and say, look, you can talk to her all you want, but you don't touch her or her gun at all. You talk her through how she's supposed to do it because you're not going to be there with the, when uh, when that happens. The, the other think- area where uh, women instructors and coaches, especially coaches, is really, really handy and we use it all the time here is that we have a lot of alpha males in our, our customer groups. And, um, and uh, if Keith goes and tells him to do something, then it's, <laughs> it's a man on man thing. Right. But if I go and I said, then it's, it's mom, mom is asking you to do this because mom thinks this is important yeah. for you. Right. So they're yeah. much more malleable for a female coach than they are for yeah. a male coach. Yeah. yeah the, the classic example of that was um, I went up to a, a police sniper and said, you need to, he's in the prone position. You need to move your hips over just a little more here, get more straight in line with the rifle. And he looked me dead in the eyes and said, I'm comfortable the way I am. 
oh, yep, no problem. And I got Linda's attention and I pointed down to this guy and she knew who exactly who it was or what the problem was. So a little while later, she comes over and says, well, just for me, do you mind just moving your, your hips over here to get them more in line? Yeah, sure. Is that far enough? Should I go a little further? <laughs> so we understand how that works. <laughs> Absolutely. And and thank you for saying Women's Days uh, are really something and, and, and uh, uh, bringing kids to the range. Totally agree. We're trying to do more of that as a collective group with uh, with wherever we have access to, and uh, and we've even got a comment in the in the chat that said uh, this lady says the the woman's day is what got her into the gun club, but they haven't had any since. And I know with the pandemic we had uh, shutdowns of our ranges, and the ability uh, to have those women's days wasn't on. But one of the things I really uh, I, I, I want to emphasize it and I want to ask because you guys put on women's days is when we put one on the women get excited the ladies come out they sign up they show up and then there's not another one for another year and I think that we really need to do something to keep the ladies engaged and keep them participating is there something that you did at your range uh, other than one woman's day uh, a year to try and keep the ladies engaged? Yeah, um, one of the things, because we're a remote area, we don't have um, a, a club nights the way other ranges do, but we do have, for our local folks, uh, club nights for pistol in the summertime. And what happened, poor Keith started this because he wanted to go shooting and, and didn't want to you know, be the only one out there. So um, as it turned out, we ended up with most times with five or six women and Keith. Um, so um, sociologically, you see, that works very well. I, I remember learning in school that uh, that until a visible minority gets to 30%, they feel like they're a minority. And at 30%, they start feeling comfortable in the group. So yeah. it's, it's really important. It doesn't have to be an all women's practice day, but it's really important that they be the dominant identifiable group. Um, and, and it's a club level thing that needs to happen. Uh, if you can support clubs to develop that kind of thing, then you'll, then you'll have something, uh, right. you know, a, a, a ladies night or a women's night. I, I'm not fond of the word ladies, but um, a women's night uh, for pistol uh, every other week with a women's night for rifle. And uh, that's at, a, at the club level. That would be awesome. Yeah. Excellent. We had we had two two nights out. In fact, and one was for juniors uh, that were sort of under uh, under eighteen, and and uh, we had a few of them showing up. And we had had several um, young girls, 15, 16, 17 year old type. And I was thinking, boy, I'd love to to train this team into a uh, a kick ass team that on our our um, operational pistol championship that they would uh, get a team of four going in there and just kick butt all over the place. But unfortunately, um, they um, they got interested in boys and and uh, and homework kept getting in the way and on that went. So I ended up with a team of grandmothers. <laughs> so I went to the other end of the spectrum, and uh, they've stuck stuck with it. Uh, they come out every night, and uh, they put put their own team together. And uh, uh, they're not kicking ass like I'd like them to do just yet, but they're having a great time. And they're never last. They're, but Keith, they're, they're not interested in boys and don't have homework, you see. So that's, yes, exactly. that's why it's working. <laughs> yeah, they're done with boys, all right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so 
so tonight we've referenced uh, we've referenced your books and your courses. So tell us a little bit. You've got a few books on the market and a new one, I believe, that's either coming out or just has come out. Can you tell us yep. a little um, about that? We're we're really happy to say that that both the uh, the Wind book and uh, the Mental Marksmanship books are available as eBooks now. They are both Kindle, so but you know that that is what it is. Um, and but we're thrilled that they're eBooks. It, it was a long time getting the, getting it to that. Uh, working with publishers is not necessarily the most fun part of my job. Um, the other book that is coming out, and we're in the editorial process now, is uh, co-authoring with. Um, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, who wrote on killing and on combat, and this one is on hunting. And um, as far as I can tell, I'm, it's hard for me to separate myself from it because I was the lead writer on it. But as far as I can tell, it's a really, really good book. Um, the publisher is convinced that it's it's going to just outsell the other two by leaps and bounds. Um, I had a a friend read the manuscript over the last couple of weeks. It was my final edit that went to the publisher, and and he said, "Wow, uh, this this is really going to outsell everything." So I'm looking forward to it because it takes uh, hunting and and talks about it in terms of um, what it means to be human and why hunting is part of that. I am excited to read it. You've got me uh, very intrigued. Thank you very much. I uh, I always uh, tell people uh, that are hunters that it's important for them to become marksmen first because when they are um, when they are stepping into the arena that is hunting and they are choosing to take a life, uh, they need to be uh, incredible marksmen to do it. And so I think sometimes they're isn't a connection directly between good marksmen and, and good hunters. So I, I am looking forward to your book. Ah, that's awesome and a great point. And we're 100% with you on that. that Wonderful. We, most of the articles that we write for Ontario Out of Doors are, are based in the direction of getting people to understand marksmanship and understand their role in, in ethical hunting. Yeah. yeah, we say ethical shot many, 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 many times. There's only one shot to make out there and it's got to be the ethical one. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So how about courses? Uh, are you putting on courses now that the pandemic is uh, lifting? We, we, actually never, we actually never stopped. We were in, uh, in a gun store today and talking to the folks about how we fared through the two years of, of um, crazy business. And uh, what actually happened to us during the pandemic was that uh, as soon as we were allowed to do civilian courses, we did as much as we could. We wore ourselves and everybody who would work with us just wore us all out because we, we tried to have the same season compressed into three or four months instead of six or seven. Yeah. Um, this year, we're, we're planning on a, on a full normal season. Uh, we're just now putting together the, um, the um, calendar uh, in all of its glorious detail. It, it, it takes quite a, quite a while because we have quite a few people interested in using our ranges, the police agencies and such, and we need to make space for them because they pay the bills really well. And, um, but, but we're, uh, we're going to run a full calendar. It'll be uh, up in probably a couple of weeks. Uh, anybody who is really excited to get on a course, uh, if you can give them uh, our email and they can uh, get on my special list that sends out the calendar as soon as it's hot off the press. 
You know what, Linda and Keith, I think what we'll do is we'll have Casey, the technical whiz, make sure that we have the information for your books and uh, your courses and your website for anybody that has enjoyed the podcast and watches all of our social media. So mm -hmm. we'll be happy to share that for you. Perfect. That's great. Thank you. And, and uh, Kelly had so many amazing things to say about the course. I'm going to have to pack my bags and come over from Alberta and take it myself. So. Is that where you are? I Just am. A minute. Yeah. Whereabouts in Alberta? Calgary. Okay, we could make that work. Excellent. <laughs> There's hunting nearby. You know? <laughs> there is. There's a couple of gun ranges and a couple of deer and a couple of moose and a couple of elk. Yeah, we've got a few yeah. things around here. Yeah, so. yeah. Let's absolutely. Talk. Absolutely. Let's do that. All right. Well, we're coming to the top of the hour. So we have one question left. Uh, a word of wisdom that you might leave for a woman in the shooting sports. Yeah. Forget you're a woman. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Just, just think of it as a sport. It's something I'm interested in and something I can do. And, and it's, and it's gender neutral. Yeah, it is. Get out there and do it. Wonderful. Regina, yeah. you've got some prizes to give away. So I think it's time to thank Linda and Keith for all yeah. of the words of wisdom. Thank you very much. And uh, I certainly learned a lot today. Kelly, how about you? Oh, absolutely. One of the biggest things, the biggest takeaways that I had from taking your courses is how positive you are. We tend to focus on the negative, whether it's our last shot that we just blew. Um, but the way that you presented things, and I think, you know, just following up with what Keith, Keith said, it's switching that brain and that thinking and you can do it with everything in life, whether it's um, uh, achieving, uh, you know, finishing school or whatever. It's that mental piece, flipping that. What did I do right? And how can I go through the process of achieving that instead of focusing on what we did wrong? So it's the biggest thing. So thank you very much for coming on. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah. Again, it was one of the best courses I've ever taken, Whether and I've taken a few courses for shooting, by the way, um, but not just with for shooting, but also with life in general. Ah, excellent. Yep. That's where it's at. Yep. All right, Rahina, you want to get on uh, with uh, giving away some some prizes? Yeah, absolutely. So how about we give out the Beretta gift pack first, Casey? Okay, so our first winner is Laura Seats. Nice. Congratulations, Laura. So Casey will get in contact with you after the podcast is over to get your information so we can mail out the Beretta gift pack. Uh, so now let's give up prize number two. It's a Q-Sips swag pack. So who's our winner for that one? All right. So our second winner is Daryl Level. Oh, Baron, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> so same case, we'll get in contact with you and we'll mail out your um, gift. And our last one for today is Bellis gift card. Okay. And our third winner is Megan Proctor. Awesome. Okay, congratulations, Megan. And so I know people for who, who are watching on YouTube, um, I am not able to send direct messages through YouTube. So if you could send me an email through, uh, and I'm just popping up my email at the bottom of the screen here, Casey at ladyguns.ca, we can get these prize packages sent out to you. So it's K-A-C-I-E at ladyguns.ca. Congratulations, yeah, everybody. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah congratulations awesome. to all our winners. Um, and now that we've given out our prizes, 
Let's move on to our upcoming events. So we are very proud and excited to announce that there'll be a QCIF International Women's Day Target Challenge. There'll be, uh, you can go ahead to our website and download the targets. So it's uh, three targets. So you can just go out to your favorite shooting range, grab your favorite firearm and just go shoot it. Have fun, take pictures, share on your social media. Make sure you use cat, hashtag CUSF IWD 2022. And if you wanna tag us, we'll be more than happy to give, us a, give you a shout out on social media. Anything else you guys would like to add about the target? Like we're very excited about this. They're beautiful. Casey yeah. designed them. They're in honor of <laughs> International Women's Day, and uh, you guys just got to check them out. Uh, they they are absolutely adorable. Can you say <laughs> targets are adorable? They they're are really adorable. cute. And yeah, they are. so we're going to use them uh, at the upcoming ladies' night. And uh, and I know that all the ladies on this call uh, are going to go take them to their range, and we're going to post them on the QCIF Women's Instagram page as well. So. We hope to see everybody's posted and and what firearm they're using or what whatever yeah. they want to share. Love to yeah. hear. Love to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I already have plans set up. We're going to go out this weekend and go shoot some targets. So, yeah, so it's at cusf.ca slash programs, and that's where you'll be able to download the target as soon as the podcast is over. So right. go have fun. Go shooting. And other than that, um, if you are a student, or a QSIF member near or in Carleton area, um, they will be having an all-female event and it's gonna be announced soon. They're just figuring out some details with the range, but it'll be sometime uh, in March. So either the second to last or the last weekend of March, they'll be having an all-female event. So we're very excited that they are hosting this and we'll be sharing more information as um, as um, it gets uh, more released. Right. So, yeah, we'll do that. Um, so that's for CUSA. Um, Kelly, I'll send it off to you. Anything from Maple Seed coming up soon? Yeah. So what you can see if you go to our website, also to our Facebook page as well, that we are uh, currently we're uh, uploading some of our events that are happening across the country. Some of the uh, regions are a little further behind than other regions, but uh, Alberta is going strong because of the fact that you guys have been without restrictions for the last little while. Um, but uh, we're, we're uploading our events. Uh, if they're up there and, uh, you know, click on the links, uh, register for them. Uh, if, uh, yeah, if they're sold out, they'll indicate that they're sold out. But yeah, we're, we've been uploading furiously and uh, hopefully we can get uh, to you. Just, uh, I don't know if, yeah, I'll announce it anyways. Um, this year we're going to be going to Newfoundland and uh, look for us there in September. So we're going to fly onto the rock and, and uh, for the first time we're going to be able to have an event in Newfoundland. It's oh, exciting. exciting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So look for those. Go join our uh, Facebook page or go to mapleseedrifleman.com. I'll look at the events assigned there as well. And uh, Deneen, anything coming up from Lady Guns? I know you mentioned there's a Lady Guns event coming up soon. We have a couple of them. Yeah. So uh, this Thursday, March 10th. Uh, we'll be celebrate, continuing to celebrate International Wednesday. Uh, at the Shooting Edge at 6 o'clock, we will uh, 
start our safety briefing and it'll be ladies night and then two weeks after that we'll be at the calgary shooting center and we are aiming pardon the pun to do this every two weeks and so uh we're going to continue working with the clubs in the area and uh and get more activity so that uh, new shooters or the members that are ladies that want to come out and have somebody to shoot with can come out and join us. So uh, so that's coming up March 18th to 20th up in Edmonton is the Boat and Sportsman's Show. I'm going to go harass the folks in the CCFR booth and uh, <laughs> see if there's any uh, gunny girls to say hi to yeah. and, uh, and check out some of the great uh, displays uh, they have going on there. And then uh, in the works right now with the Rimfire Precision Group, we've got uh, in around Calgary at Buffalo Target Shooters, July 30th and 31st tentatively is our uh, ladies rimfire event. And in Kamloops, Casey's going to have a, a KT, at the KTSA, at the shooting range there, a rimfire precision event. And I know we're going to try and tag some maple seed events on or around that time as well. So that's yeah. what we've got going on. Some other things in the books uh, that we will announce uh, on further podcasts. But I know you've got some information on the next upcoming podcast, Regina. So I'll just uh, leave that over to you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before I go over that, I'll just like to once again, thank our sponsors. Uh, so it's Cabela's Canada Outdoor Fun, Savage Arms, Breda, Vortex and Huntfield Company. So for next episode, uh, episode four is running and gunning with the ladies, where we will be talking with Amanda Fisher, Laura Sitz, and which are a couple of amazing um, dynamic shooters that compete in IPSC, EDPA, USPSA, and Still Challenge. So if you like today's episode, please leave us a like and follow us so that you don't miss any of our episodes. If you like our message and would like to learn more about our programs, check out our websites at cusf.ca, ladyguns.ca, and mapleseedrifleman.com. To support us and get some additional perks, check out our membership programs. Thank you for tuning in to, 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 to the She Shoots Podcast, Episode 3, Getting Your Head in the Game. And we'll see you again on April 12th. Thank you. Have a great International Women's Day and have a good night.